Hello and welcome to the latest Sustainability Perspectives podcast by Packaging Europe. My name is Elisabeth Skuder and today we're catching up with Siegwerk's Head of Global Sustainability and Circular Economy, Alina Baum. I spoke to Alina a few months ago already about her PhD work researching ways to address social injustice and human rights challenges in the packaging industry. And it was a really interesting conversation, so I'll make sure I'll link that in the podcast description down below so you can have a listen. But today's focus lies on printing inks for packaging applications and labels, of which Siegwerk obviously is a major producer. And um, printing inks and coatings not only add color to product labels and packaging, but also ensure their functionality and safety. And um, yeah, today we're going to take a look at a product journey and the material aspects that play a part in each step of the progress process, looking in particular at Siegwerk's ink and coating innovations. So um, yeah, welcome, Lena. Thank you for being here today. Good morning. Good day. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So uh, yeah, to get us started, I wanted to ask you, um, what motivates Siegwerk to develop sustainable products? Uh, <laughs> um, big, big opening questions. I think for us, it's um, it's two aspects, actually. So one, if you want to be sustainable as a business, if you are an existing business and you need to transition or you want to transition, then, of course, at the core is your product or service offering. Um, and the same holds true for us. Um, the key uh, thing we do is produce inks and coatings. So if we don't look at these products in terms of their sustainability, uh, we will never be able to uh, transition fully, which is our, um, our key objective. Um, however, I would also sort of add a clear business rationale. So, um, of course, not only are we as a company in the midst of this transition, but the entire industry um, of packaging is in this transition. And then if you zoom out and look at other industries, they are also in this transition. So I would also look at it from future-proving our competitiveness. Um, if we don't start now to transition, we will not have a competitive um, product offering uh, in the mid to to long term. So these two two aspects is what what drives us. And um, following on from that broadly, I was wondering what is the sustainability life cycle journey of an ink or a coating? Yeah, I think this is where it gets sort of um, into uh, into the depth of really what does sustainability mean and what does it mean to um, transform your portfolio into something uh, that has a sustainable product offering at its core. Um, how I like to structure the thinking a little bit is along the life cycle because that often makes it easier to imagine. And for inks and coatings, usually I think it's easiest to start at the end of life, even though that might sound counterintuitive. But if we look at the challenges of the packaging industry, it is the issues of um, end of life so that uh, we do not have the recycling rates uh, that we need to see and that we have massive amounts of packaging leaking into the nature with um, all the uh, negative effects that um, I think most of us are well aware of. Um, and inks and coatings are in packaging, hence they also leak into nature. So this is something that um, that actually initiated our um, sustainability transition, um, but really also is a good starting point because inks and coatings 
can help design packaging that incentivizes collection for recycling that can make reuse much more easy um, and uh, that offers pathways toward controlled compostability, for example. So when we think about the life cycle of inks and coatings, designing inks and coatings that enable circular packaging is um, the, the first uh, sort of degree of, of order. Um, then if we sort of uh, keep on moving backwards in the in the life cycle, the use of the products is something um, where we always want to make sure that the use is 100% safe for the consumers, um, but also for the for the environment. Um, this is something where we have a very long standing track record um, sort of within product safety and responsibility. And, and we're only re-emphasizing this um, along the journey, for example, through higher data transparency. Um, and then sort of taking the next step, sort of the production of our products. Um, and this is, um, of course, where sort of all the operational environmental topics come in. So reducing our carbon emissions, reducing our waste, um, making sure that we have a safe working environment for our employees, making sure that we um, act in sync with the communities that we operate in. So all these yeah, operational um, uh, aspects of, of sustainability. Um, what is also interesting, sort of maybe in between sort of the use and our own operations is activities that we have with our customers, for example, to look at can we reduce transport emissions? Um, so to make sure that also sort of between our operations um, and the operations of our customers and hence then at some point the consumers, um, we look at sustainability. Um, Coming back to our operations and then moving moving the next step is of course the sourcing of the raw materials. Um, if you look at the footprint um, or of our corporate carbon footprint, more than um, ninety percent uh, come from scope three emissions and mainly raw materials. Um, so for us, this is a really big chunk when it comes to um, the sustainability footprint. Um, and here, of course, we look at, um, first of all, data transparency on CO2, um, and then, of course, pathways on how can we reduce this. Um, are there um, new materials out there that we could qualify and include in formulations? But also, how can we maybe increase biorenewable content to have that um, aspect of renewability in our products? Um, and then lastly, and this is something that we're going to focus even more on going forward is the topic of human rights. Um, we source globally, and we all know that there are different standards around the globe. And the ink and coating industry has not really had a stark focus yet um, on these topics. But of course, if we talk sustainability and sourcing of raw materials, this has to be part of the conversation. Um, and then ultimately, how does all ties together in the life cycle is, of course, it starts with the product design. So when we go um, to uh, into our technology development, um, we try to make sure that these criteria are included already in the innovation phase. Um, for circular economy, um, this is very well established, and we're now sort of also starting um, to integrate uh, the, the other aspects. Um, because if you want to transform something, it makes sense to only have new products that really uh, check uh, check all the boxes. Yeah, it looks like it's a really um, 
complex um complex journey a lot to bear in mind and um obviously lots of uh, challenges along the way and um yeah i was wondering can one product really fulfill and deal with all of this um i think in general we have to become accustomed to sort of trade-offs that we that we make um uh, hence data transparency around these different aspects is really essential to come to the right right conclusion um and i just want to give one example to make it more tangible so in many cases if we increase biorenewable content then sort of the calculated CO2 footprint actually becomes worse because we as an inks and coatings provider are not allowed to sort of deduct the uh, CO2 that was captured by the plant from our value. Um, so sometimes you have sort of contradicting um, contradicting uh, targets here, um, but of course it still makes a lot of sense to source biorenewable content and with it um, move away from, from fossil-based um, resources. Um, so this is just one example. And of course, if you go more into the technical details of it and different raw material choices, you'll find uh, find many different, different more. Um, however, I think we should always strive for the all-hitter uh, in products. And I do think we have um, uh, sort of a few that uh, that manage this, this challenge. Um, one example here is UniNature. So um, a product series that we have within our paper and board business unit. Um, and there, the technology team really managed to sort of do it all, <laughs> if I may, may say so. <laughs> Um, so yes, the biorenewable content was increased. Yes, we see a positive impact on CO2 reduction at the end of life. So accounting for that, um, uh, that biorenewable uptake um, in, in the full life cycle. And we made very explicit choices um, for some of the products on where do we source from, which raw materials do we use to make sure that they have a local, um, geographically more localized um, sourcing pattern, and hence better risk management from a from a human rights um, rights perspective. Um, they are incredible when it comes to recyclability and compostability, and we've tested this through the range. And what I really like about Uni Nature, it's also one of those product series um, where we're actually looking at. Um, a larger scale um, introduction because they're basically taking out an old product uh, and introducing uni nature. So it's also not a niche product, but it's really something that we're um, applying broadly, or I should probably say our customers um, are applying uh, broadly. So for me, this is a really good example. I think also one of the reasons uh, why we were the lucky winners of uh, one of the awards of uh, Packaging Europe last year. Um, but of course, there are many other product innovations happening as well. Like if you look at our um, barrier coating portfolio, also on the plastic side, um, this is very much looking at improved end of life um, and with it looking at how can we make sure that packaging has full functionality if it's in a circular format um, and at the same time sort of create enough incentive 
for collection because there's actually sort of a valorization um, for for the recycler because it is a fully um, circular designed uh, packaging. And there the range is quite broad. I'm not going to go into detail, but you can sort of think about any barrier um, that your product uh, might uh, might need. And um, at the beginning of the podcast, you outlined the um, sustainability challenges across the value chain um, going from end of life to the beginning. So um, I'd be interested to take a look at Uninature, uh, life cycle journey of Uninature, starting from from the beginning and going going backwards sort of the opposite direction as you did. And um, yeah, I wanted to ask you um, what are the challenges around sourcing, both from a sustainability and human rights perspective? So yeah, maybe just one comment. I usually like to sort of include human rights sort of into the broader space of sustainability. And one of the criteria is that we have to take care of um, to take full sustainable um, responsibility. Um, but maybe just to sort of maybe look at sort of the environmental and the human aspect of sustainability for you, uh, UniNature. Um, so I think what has worked really well with UniNature on the environmental side is that we've managed to find raw materials that are highly performing and managed to include them in our formulations to keep that performance um, that have a very high degree of biorenewable content, the highest sort of within that product range um, that, that we've seen so far. Uh, there are products that have 100% uh, biorenewability uh, in, this, in this series. So this is really something that is that is very essential to understand, and of course, especially sort of in the um, um, paper and board space where you already work with a biorenewable substrate. Um, this really ensures that we can deliver um, uh, natural uh, natural solutions here. Um, the the other thing now when we move to um, more of the social aspects is um, that in this process of selecting raw materials and innovating the formulations around these raw materials, we also selected suppliers um, that are based in Europe. Um, so we have a uh, high control of the working standards there, um, but also um, sort of uh, suppliers that uh, pioneer um, uh, social forms of um, company ownership, for example, cooperatives um, to sort of take that social benefit even further. Um, and what is nice about these kind of suppliers is that often they also have a strong focus on environmental aspects, for example, using secondary feedstocks, uh, so waste materials um, from, uh, for example, agriculture. Um, so you really get good partnerships um, in there also from both the environmental and the social side. And um, from that, I wanted to move on to the uh, manufacturing um, process. What um, what challenges were rest there? Yeah, um, I think from the manufacturing process, at least from my perspective, this is probably the easiest. Um, it's something that we can control well and where UniNature, like any other product in our portfolio, benefits from the actions that we do in order to achieve carbon neutrality by 2025 across the globe for our scope one and scope two emissions. It benefits from waste reduction targets that we that we have. So um, I would say it's equally uh, challenging or easy, depending on your perspective, 
um, from an operational perspective um, as for uh, any other product in our portfolio. Hmm. And um, moving on to the product itself, um, how does Uninature boost functionality of the product and boosts also the use of fiber-based packaging, which is obviously a big topic in the in the packaging industry right now? Yeah, I think this is where it's really important to understand that Uninature is a product series. And of course, we have sort of the typical, let's call them ink products, uh, sort of different components, but it also has um, a coding range. And if you think about functionality and paper packaging, um, this is one of the key things that we have to solve for. Um, let it be oil and grease, let it be water, let it be water vapor, um, you name it. Um, and here again, because we think it as a system, um, the different system parts work really well together and we can offer sort of a holistic solution uh, for paper um, and, and board applications, which then make it quite easy to uh, sort of have yeah, nice color strength and sort of all the um, uh, other ink-related performance criteria while having the functionality sort of in the sustainability context. And um, obviously also a really important topic right now is our CO2 emissions. And um, how are these affected, especially um, the scope three ones? Yeah. So if we um, look at um, the emissions, this is again where we sort of have to look at the life cycle. So because we increase um, the biorenewable content significantly in our inks and coatings, more carbon is captured because we had the trees or the plants, uh, the trees in that case, not the plants that um, sort of captured carbon um, before they then became uh, a raw material. Um, and this is sort of a benefit that the inks and the coatings carry throughout the life cycle um, from a CO2 perspective. Um, yeah, we are not allowed to fully account for that just from sort of a CO2 reporting perspective, um, but definitely something that in the grand scheme of things, in the big picture, moving away from what can you account for and what not, um, is definitely a, a benefit from a CO2 perspective. And um, closing the circle, um, could you talk a bit about the end of life and recyclability of um, Uninature? Yeah, I think this is um, where uh, sort of the, the strength of the portfolio uh, really comes to, to a pinnacle. Um, they're sort of, they are recyclable and or compostable. So um, we have products that can offer both. Um, for paper, this makes a lot of sense. If we think about, for example, fruit trays um, or other packaging that might come in contact with, with food um, to open the path for both, um, both end of life or real life scenarios. Um, and this is also something that we always have tested to make sure that sort of the claim that we make on recyclability and or compostability um, also holds true. And then of course, sort of gives the brands, but ultimately the consumers also the confidence in, in the packaging. Great. Thank you, Alina. Yeah, that brings us to the end of today's podcast. It's been great to um, hear about the life cycle journey of um, Uninature. And uh, maybe that's hopefully that's given our listeners some insights and maybe also inspired them to um, even look in more detail at the life cycle of, of their products. So, um, yeah, thank you very much, Alina, for sharing your insights. Thank you for having me and thank you for listening in, everybody. 